Hi, this is Elliot Fishman, and welcome to September 2020 CTSS quiz. Hopefully, this will be a wonderful fall season for all of us. Hopefully, you've enjoyed the summer, but the summer leads to the fall, and the fall leads to the September CTSS quiz. In this case, I asked the most likely diagnosis in this patient with a palpable abdominal mass is, and if you look at the two images, you see a large mass, which kind of looks solid, but somewhat cystic. It has some enhancement. There's vessels particularly around the lesion, but also vessels through the lesion. It's pushing on the stomach, and if you look at it, you can say to yourself, where, where's this beginning? Could it be stomach, like a gist tumor? No funny enhancement. Could be something from the pancreas. Could be something from the duodenum. And then you look at the choices. Lymphoma, lymphomas are typically hypovascular and solid masses. Similarly, gist tumors can be somewhat vascular, but this is too much vascularity, and particularly the stranding and the periphery of the lesion, that stretching of vessels. Neuroendocrine tumors are vascular, but not with this appearance. They're usually hypervascular centrally, and this would be a large neuroendocrine tumor, which are typically very vascular. This was a serous cyst adenoma. Serous cyst adenomas have sometimes unusual appearances. When you look hard, you appreciate the cysts and you appreciate the stretching of the vessels around the lesion. Uh, this patient will have the lesion removed. It was palpable. Patients with serous cyst adenomas will have them resected when they're large. Not because of fear of malignancy. These lesions never become malignant, but they can cause symptoms because they can continue to grow and compress the stomach, as in this case, create symptoms or create symptoms related to compression of vessels. So just a very nice example. In this 40-ish year old female, what's the best diagnosis? Well, you see a cystic lesion really near the tail of the pancreas, and it's hanging down just a little bit. Well, what could this be? Well, I gave you 40-ish, and 40-ish, I'm always thinking MCN. IPMNs are also common in that age group. Truthfully, cirrhosis, adenomas, and pseudocysts can be as well. There's no evidence of any inflammatory changes, so pseudocysts are a bit less likely. This could be a cirrhosis adenoma, but there are no septations. You can get an oleocystic type of cirrhosis adenoma, but that's a thought. IPMN kind of hanging off like that, no dilated pancreatic duct. That's a bit atypical. The best diagnosis is really going to be between a mucinous cystic neoplasm and a serous neoplasm. And I think because of the way the lesion is sitting, because of the patient's age, I would go with a mucinous cystic neoplasm, which indeed this was. The best diagnosis in this case What's interesting is you see fatty infiltration of the liver, and at first glance you say, well, maybe that area in the right lobe is simply normal um, tissue. Maybe it's perfusion changes. But especially on the venous images, you recognize that there's a mass present in the four centimeter range. So this patient, in fact, did have NASH. This was not focal normal liver sparing, and this was not cirrhosis. This was a hepatoma. Increasing incidence of NASH will lead to increased incidence of hepatoma. Sometimes within fatty liver, it can be confusing. You can miss liver mets. You can miss primary tumors. This was a hepatoma. The most likely diagnosis in this 25-year-old female 
It's interesting, you have a cystic lesion coming off the tail of the pancreas, well-defined, sharply marginated. You can see the stomach out in front. Well, what could this be? Now again, when I give you a 25-year-old female, whenever I give you an age young, you have to really think about a spend tumor. Again, serous adenoma possible. Pancreatic pseudocyst, no other changes, unlikely. And it could be a serous adenoma without septations. They're rare, the oligocystic type. But the best diagnosis, I think, in this case, uh, again, I also considered a cystic neuroendocrine tumor. But there, of course, you're going to see solid components, at least in the wall and enhancement. So the best diagnosis in this case is a spend tumor. Spend tumors have a variable appearance, mixing solid and cystic at times, but they can be perfectly cystic as in this case. Just a really nice example. Now this 30-year-old had HIV, and I asked what's the um, most likely diagnosis. Well, when you look at these images carefully, you see that the patient has an inflammatory process with some consolidation. There's airspace filling. This really looks like pneumonia. Lymphangitic spread, not really. Pulmonary hemorrhage is more central. COVID pneumonia tends to be uh, dominant toward the lower lung fields. But, and they can get a GGOs, you can get crazy paving, all sorts of appearances. But this is more likely, particularly with HIV, going to be PCP pneumonia, which in fact this was. In this 40-year-old male, what's the best diagnosis? And you look at it and you say it's a cystic lesion of the pancreas. What could this be? If you look at the coronals, it's kind of coming off the gland. Now, I will admit in this case, if you set an IPMN, it's kind of large. If you set an MCN, again, more common in females, but I guess it could be. If you set a serous adenoma, it theoretically could be. But I was trying to get you to say in this case, by the images I gave you, whether the lesion is cystic, well-defined, no septations, no enhancement, and it seems to be almost peripancreatic rather than coming from the pancreas, and that's the classic appearance of a lymphoepithelial cyst. Lymphoepithelial cysts are benign. They can potentially grow. We tend not to biopsy them or remove them, if possible, of a certain of the diagnosis, because they get terrible pancreatitis post-op. So if you know it's lymphopathelial cyst and you need to document it with the US, fine, but you prefer not to do surgery. And this patient was simply followed. The CT findings in this case, what's the best finding? Well, the first thing you notice when you look at the images, look on the outside, patient has multiple soft tissue masses. This is neurofibromatosis, not much else. Then you look at the bowel, and there are multiple enhancing lesions in the small bowel. Enhancing lesions, small bowel, could be a carcinoid, could be a gist tumor, unlikely to be lymphoma, they're hypovascular, and unlikely to be adenocarcinoma. Then you say, what lesions are more common? Multiple, but I guess typically carcinoids and gist are solitary, but they can be multiple in select instances. But this patient in neurofibromatosis, Vascular lesions, small bowel, and neurofibromatosis are classic for gist tumors. And this was multiple gist tumors, a very, very nice example. This patient was several days post-C-section, had fever. What's the best diagnosis? Now, we often will do scans when 
we're looking for a post-op process like a bleed, an abscess, pulmonary emboli, gonadal vein thrombosis, polynephritis, obstructing stone, you name it. You look carefully here, there's a model density in the central portion of the abdomen on the axial views, and you see it on the coronal view. And you say, what, am I dealing with an abscess? Possibly. It doesn't look like a bleed post-op. The uterus looks pretty good post-op. But really, when you think about it, the word is post-op. And this is a model density and mass. And that's the appearance of a glossy phoboma, which is a fancy word for saying something left behind. This was a surgical towel. Now you could always say, how did you leave it? The count was correct after. But this was a blue towel left behind. The patient had to have surgery for it to be removed. Again, foreign bodies are not uncommon. They present with FUOs commonly. They can be confused with tumor recurrence, unopacified bowel, or an abscess. Remember now, we like to have rings on towels, and this was not a ring, so many things wrong. But again, it's something you need to be very careful about, and you want to make the diagnosis, and this will need to be removed, but you don't want to miss the diagnosis. This patient had metastinal widening. What's the best diagnosis? And I gave you four choices, but when you look at the images, either you recognize it or you don't. The main pulmonary artery and right pulmonary artery look good, but where's the left pulmonary artery? It's going behind the trachea and then coming across right to left. That's the classic appearance of anomalous course of the left pulmonary artery or a pulmonary sling. The key thing is to recognize it and not confuse it with something else. No further workup is necessary. This is not a PE, and it's not a dissection, and it's not a normal study. So pulmonary artery sling, great example. Now, this patient had abdominal distension, and I'm asking what's the best diagnosis. When you look, the bowel is displaced, the kidneys are displaced, and there's some soft tissue infiltration of the entire abdomen. When you look, it's not fluid, and when you look at it and measure it, you recognize it's fat. There's fat infiltrating the abdomen, uh, septation, soft tissue density, displacement of bowel, displacement of kidney. Lipomatosis is something we could say, patients on steroids, but they don't have this mass effect and it's not as extensive. This is not blood and it's not paniculitis. This is a classic example of a liposarcoma. Liposarcomas are the most common retroperitoneal malignancy. This is a little bit unusual in that it infiltrates the entire abdomen, but that was the diagnosis, liposarcoma. So those are 10 really good cases. I focused a bit on the pancreas. I hope you liked the cases. I hope you understood the cases, and I hope you learned something from the cases. And with that, see you next month. If you liked what you heard here today, please make sure to hit that subscribe button and visit our website, ctss.com, for lectures, quizzes, pearls, and more. Also, be sure to check out our apps that are available for free on the Apple Store. All links are in the description box below.